in recording. recording in progress. So welcome to the um, March 2023 version of your UPMA um, evening training presented by FESA. Um, I'm going to give Nicole Stanley from FESA a couple minutes here just to um, to address you, and then we'll hopefully our trainer will be here and we'll get we'll get rolling. Nicole. Well, hey guys, happy Thursday. Um, thought I'd share with you a little uh, picture from Coachella, California that was taken today of my grand puppy and uh, his name is Pardner. And, uh, but I was looking at that and I thought about a lot of things. I mean, one, uh, you know, the rearview mirror always says the objects are a lot closer than they appear. And it seems like, uh, you know, at FESA, we're here to kind of champion UPMA and, you know, the convention season's getting up and going and closer than they appear for sure. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that are going on and we're here to be there for y'all. And, uh, you know, as y'all well know, we just do one-on-ones and um, you just will, uh, at the end, Edmund's going to share a little QR code and y'all can screenshot it and go from there. But we just appreciate championing y'all. I'm glad y'all had a great uh, legislative summer. Uh, I was in DC last week and it seems like it was well received and I think that's awesome. So Edmund, thanks so much for letting us be part of this wonderful endeavor every month. It's a, you've had some wonderful trainings and it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're really grateful for the partnership, excuse me, for the partnership. Confess um, is a primary partner with UPMA and uh, uh, we lost our um, uh, the, the firm that was sponsoring this training, so FESA stepped in, um, and I can actually show you the, um, I think, there it is. So that'll be the QR code. We'll bring that back up later. Um, so they scan that, and then you would do a one-on-one -on -one, uh, consultation with them about federal benefits, right? Federal benefits, Social Security, just even like uh, from seeing what your baseline is. It's not necessarily, we're not, you know, it's long-term here. We're kind of an extension of OPM in a, a a different capacity. And we're just here to answer any questions. I mean, you know, we won't be able to tell you if your dog needs antibiotics, but we can do a lot of other things. Okay, we're good. So I will keep that. Uh, I'll keep that for later. We'll put that up later. And, Thanks, uh, I think we should, I should have stopped sharing my screen. So need to find, I'm not sure. Did, uh, read, did you get on, Rita? Okay. I don't see her yet. Okay. Well, um, so let's talk about these trainings and the confusing part about having to register to get in. So Zoom only has, three ways that you can have meetings like this. Either have to wait and let everybody in in a waiting room, or um, you have to register prehand and you have to have an account, a free account. So I, I don't know how many emails I got. Hey, well, let me register. You gotta have a free account. Um, that way we can set it up. Um, so you guys pre-register. That way we know who's coming. Um, if it gets too big, we gotta break it up into two sessions. We're gonna start doing that on the third Wednesday of every every month. 
probably 8.30 Eastern seems the better time because um, 8.30 Eastern is 5.30 Pacific. Um, so everybody's driving home from work uh, on the on the West Coast. So, um, you know, so we're going to do, we, we got, uh, we've done things like Swix training um, for 150 as it changes. Uh, we'll probably have an SNDC um, revelation uh, before too long, before June, before the June implementations. Um, you know, and it's a good, it's a good way for us to get a library. I, I record all these and we put them on YouTube. Um, generally, we put them in a uh, behind a paywall because uh, it's really a member. Uh, it's a member benefit. Um, somebody asked the question, so who's this training for? Is it just UPMA members? Um, yes and no. Ideally, yeah, UPMA members. I mean, everybody that's getting paid here is it's it's through it's through dues taken from UPMA members. However, we're happy to share a little bit of what we do um, to entice other people to join. Anybody who works for the Postal Service or anybody that's retired from the Postal Service can join UPMA. Uh, so, if you get benefit from uh, from these trainings and it entices somebody else to join, then it's a that's a good thing. So share it with, with who you want to, um, you know, to that regard. But generally, yes, it should be, uh, it should be UPMA. And most of the topics, like um, Cheryl's not down here watching this because she doesn't need, don't care what RX is anymore. She retired. So it's not, you know, if it was something else, maybe she would be here. So um, generally, this, especially this training is for active. UPMA members. All right, Gary, what do you think? I can start one of these slideshows. There's a message she's logging hey, on now. Sound, sounds like she's trying to get logged in. Okie dokie. Logging in now. Thank you, Amina. So I'll just, I'll, I'll add something. If people didn't see the messaging that came out today, the 4003 is no longer required to send in with your edit books. Um, they just changed that today. Um, so now everything will be coming off the 4003 and going to the the um, uh, LTM uh, DPM system. Um, so that's kind of at least good news because it was kind of funky trying to have to send that in with the edit book. And they get questioned why it didn't ma match up. So that was that was some new news that yeah. came out today. Really glad you said that, Patrick, because I'm dreading two years' time going back to a rural office. Um, when I left the office, it, it happened to me again today. That we're, we're talking about change of address, which is they're they're changing that whole thing too. Uh, when I was working six, 15, 16 months ago, four thousand three was online. You went on there and it was like a spreadsheet, but it was online, and you and you submitted it. That's the same system calling it something else, or are you not doing that at all? So no, it's all online based um, with the uh, delivery point manager and the line of travel manager um, to where you actually put in all your boxes. It's kind of the similar, that part of it's similar. Okay. Right. Travel so, okay. Actually, you follow so it's not like the 4003 went away. There's still a spreadsheet somewhere with that with line of travel and number of boxes and turn right and then number of boxes and turn left. Correct. Okay. Correct. That, that's that's uh, still uh, that information is still on on there, and I see we have Rita. Oh, right. yeah. Give her a second to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. 
Who's a trooper? Can you hear me, Rita? Just connecting audio. I made it. Hey, kid. See, postmasters are all <laughs> grace under pressure. Oh my goodness. Which one of those? So is... much pressure. Can you see? I need a cocktail now. Well, they're on me. So, <laughs> which, uh, well, of course, they're always on me. Um, which, uh, which one of those files would you like me to start with? You know what? I don't have anything in particular. I think that, um, you know, if we want to just take questions from the field and I can go from there because I can talk for days. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, I've got this. I'm going to pull this up, this one up. So this is the one that yeah, I had. You pull something up and I'll start talking. I had this one that was, uh, that was queued up, which is your mapping F and FAQ and support info. We were just talking about, uh, um, Patrick was just talking about, uh, not having to send the 4003 in. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, um, we did get information today that's hot off the press, and some of you may have received it, some of you may not have received it, is that um, we are now no longer going to have to send in a 4003 with the carrier's edit books. I think maybe they finally realized that. Yes. Uh, the process will be more accurate yes. uh, with the rurals if we do the 4003 when it comes back from AMS. Yes. So that will be new moving forward in April. Yes. Okay. Jim likes it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> well, all right. So, um, Is, I just want to start with questions. Do you want to do you want to go through sure. any other changes? I, 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 you know. uh, I did get another um, hot off the press from Shannon Turnage that came straight from Tim Haney um, that they are also going to um, they've added a fix in LTM. It's not really a fix, but it's more of an informational thing. So if you are trying to complete your mapping on a route and you're unable to get it finished due to a lack of breadcrumbs or it says there's a scanner issue, now it's gonna actually tell you uh, what, and that was one of the things I, why I wanted to log in from work so I could show you, show you guys what it said. But basically it's going to delineate your days of good breadcrumbs and bad breadcrumbs and tell you what the actual problem is as to why the data was no good on any given day. Yeah, it's gonna be nice because then you'll be able to see a little bit better about what you gotta do to make that fix. So. And so, so walk me through that. What, you got a bad day with bad breadcrumbs. A, what would cause that? B, how do you fix it? So a day with bad breadcrumbs. So for instance, when you go in and you're trying to complete your mapping, so we can all get through DPM usually with no problem. And then it looks like it's 100% and you're like, yes, and you submit it. And then you give it about 10 or 15 minutes and you log into the line of travel manager. And then you go in and it tells you, oh, sorry, you have mistakes in DPM that can't be fixed. And so then, or that you have to fix before you can go back and you know submit it and fully because the process isn't fully complete until 
it's been submitted and accepted both in DPM and LTM. So it's a two-step process. Okay. Now, uh, if you have, if you, if you, everything's plotted in DPM correctly, you also may go into LTM and it'll come up with a message that says there's a scanner issue. Well, prior to this, we would only, uh, we would only know that it was a scanner issue and nothing else. And that was the only information we got, not where, where the scanner issue came in, what caused it, any of those other things. And so now they're going to actually give you that answer. Uh, you don't have to guess as to what the problem is, or you won't have to submit it uh, a ticket asking why. So it's going to tell you there was a, a bad cell reception that day or that there were multiple carriers on the route. So if you're splitting a route and you're splitting a route consistently due to lack of staffing or maybe there's nobody assigned to the route, maybe it's an auxiliary route and you're splitting it up every day, uh, you're not going to collect good breadcrumbs on that route because in order to capture those accurate breadcrumbs, somebody has to be delivering the route from beginning to end uh, independently without any assistance. And so those if you go places drop out, what, what, how's that gonna? I mean, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? So is there gonna, so, there's going to be a fix or they're just going to know that this does not use that day and everybody just move on and because you know, that day's no, what it means is it's it's going to basically tell you what's what's the problem of why you haven't been able to collect the enough breadcrumbs because in order to complete a, a solid line of travel on any route you have to have at least 15 days worth of good consistent breadcrumbs which is the GPS data that's collected, you know, from the, from the carrier having the scanner with them as they're driving. So, for instance, let's say you had a carrier that went on vacation, and it took you two RCAs to deliver that route for those two weeks that the carrier was gone. You may end up with bad breadcrumbs and not be able to update that route. Uh, in your mapping, because the mapping is done monthly, as I'm sure hopefully everybody knows at this point. Okay, so when it gets to the end of the month and you've got to update it, if you don't have data, 15 days of good data in the previous month? Yeah. It, it's collective, so it, it doesn't have to necessarily be the end of the month, beginning of the month. Um, it has a lot to do with, so there's this closing the loop process. Um, which involves, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the closing the loop process, but it starts off with uh, the carriers have their edit books and they make their changes. And then uh, by the 11th of the month, the managers are supposed to have um, either forwarded those edit books on to AMS or made the changes in Webby's based on what the carrier says. Then those uh, changes roll through and over like let's say you turn in your home you know what can you pull up the uh is it power bi versus rx sure can that one ready to go so i don't know how many of you out there have had uh a call from your mpu that says basically hey you're on this list uh that shows that your mapping is not complete and you're like, what are you talking about? We completed it. It says it's 100% in DPM and LTM. 
um, I don't know what else to do. And the, da the data that the MQs are looking at, and it's also being looked at from a national level, level is uh, a program that I'm sure hopefully everybody's familiar with called Power BI, that is basically the go-to for everything at this point. So what we have been looking at previously where it shows, you know, the list that was coming out from Shannon Turnage that shows, yes, your mapping is complete, might not necessarily be the case in Power BI because now that throws in the process of sending your edit book up to AMS. And anytime there's changes made on the carrier's route in AMS, uh, it could be something as simple as um, making an address active that had previously been vacant. You now have to go in and update both your DPM and your LTM. Rita, I have a question. Yes. So if the carrier actually starts delivering the route maybe differently for whatever reason, could be a deviation or something, will yeah. that also trigger your, your LTM to have to be updated? Yes, absolutely. So what it'll do, and so the problem with that, where that rolls in, is that if the carrier starts deviating off the line of travel and they're delivering it out of order, then it becomes an issue. Because now the plot points that you've plotted are no longer in sequence based on what the carrier's actually physically driving every day. So we know that there's the line of travel and then for a lot of carriers, there's how they actually deliver it. So the easy fix to that is because typically most carriers are not gonna work harder, they're gonna work smarter. So we are going to take them, we're gonna to say to them, hey, is this how you wanna deliver the route? Tell me why, you know, if this is more efficient, uh, then you actually then change the uh, edit book to match how the carrier is delivering. And then that becomes the new line of travel. Okay, <clears throat> can you see the screen ring? Uh, I can see you. Okay. How about now? There we go, that's the one I want. Okay. Okay. Is that the first slide? Yes. Okay, let me get rid of this over here on the side. All right. So that, for those of us, yep. This is the next. Okay, perfect. Okay, yep, go to the next one. All right, so what we know to look at is um, the data from the DPM that shows, you know, this is from the DPM portion and you can see in this particular example, that the edit book date is February 11th and it's current because we downloaded it on February 24th. So all the data that's been pulled into DPM is the most current according to AMS. And we can also see up here at the top where it shows that it's at 100%, 802 out of 802 plot points plotted. And then if we look down at the bottom, this is the list that Shannon Turdinge was sending out every single day. It shows right on there that the RX confirmation is complete, that it's in the green for World Route 11. That's, this is the data from, from that route, okay? So go ahead and go to the next slide. When we pull up the Power BI, now it's showing that this same route, Route 11, is out of date by several months. It's showing that the DPM download date, which we just saw, was actually a February date, but not reflecting over here in July 2nd. 
And same for LTM, showing that it really that it hasn't been touched since July of last year when he completed the mapping to begin with. Okay, we can see, however, that the latest latest AMS database update was that July or that February 12th um, update. Okay, the latest edit book submission. This is literally the day that the, that it physically was scanned in as arrived at AMS. So the AMS techs have to actually scan a barcode or do whatever they do in AMS. Oh, you're drinking a cocktail, Patrick. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's the latest edit book submission date. That's when AMS actually physically receives it at the district office, okay? So although the DPM shows it 100% after the download, because it was not resubmitted in DPM and not also then recertified in LTM, then now it's showing in Power BI as not, <laughs> as not compliant, okay? So go ahead and go to the, to the next slide. You know, Jason, I don't know that much else in Power BI. I do know that it's a really great tool, but I don't know anything else about Power BI except for what I was taught by Shannon Turnage, specifically regarding to the mapping in DPM LTM, the closing loop process. So, but I mean, hopefully there'd be another SME somewhere in our midst that um, can talk to some more things. Maybe if you um bring up to ed or somebody like what you want to learn in power bi or maybe we can just have a meeting about that okay so uh going back to the ams process when we send an edit book up or when we make changes in webbies um also it has to do with um your euers so when you when you go and answer your euers and it asks you uh is this route vacant or you know or is this address vacant or is this uh, address active it's because generally that's generated uh, due to a, a change of address form that either has previously been submitted or has recently come through okay so on the 90th day it triggers that to drop into eurs and then it goes to EAS and you're supposed to pull up EUers and then go to the carrier and say, hey, tell me about this address and they give you the answer, yes or no. Then you go back in and answer EUers and clear it. That is going to show up as, that's exactly the same as making an edit book submission or changing something in Webby's. So it's considered an edit book update, okay? The other thing that's happening now is um, the, uh, the carriers are getting messages on their scanners that's asking for address updates. So I don't know if any of you have noticed on your emails if you are if you are an eUers user for any particular zip code, you'll get an email that says carrier on rural route two has updated their AMS edit book scheme for and it sometimes it'll tell you what the address it's for. So that is also going to trigger a DPM update. It is considered an AMS or edit book change, okay? So all of these codes, these are straight from AMS, this A, D, M, S, T, and N. Those are all codes that are used in the edit books. So any one of these changes, and it only takes one, 
is going to trigger a DPM update, meaning the carrier may not have any added addresses or deleted addresses, but if they change the delivery mode to vacant where it was prior uh, occupied, then now all of a sudden your mapping is obsolete, according to Power BI. What is your best practice when you receive that email? What would you recommend people do when they get that um, email? So you really don't have to do anything at all because we're we are supposed to be following this closing the loop process, which is the carriers getting the edit books to you, then you getting the edit books up to your AMS, then AMS does their thing, they send it back to you, and then you schedule a time with your carrier to go in and update their mapping. So, and this all should be done in the afternoon after they've hit return to delivery unit because it's now going to become part of their evaluation moving forward. So, because we know that when they hit return to delivery unit, they're getting actual time credit towards their um, base evaluation on their rural route until they hit clock out on their X scans. So if we start having them do all of these miscellaneous things in the afternoon, like updating their DPM and their LTM, uh, doing their labels, doing um, edit books, you know, as soon as they get their edit book back, you know, they'll probably need to update it with some new changes. Then all of this now becomes part of their route evaluation. So, and if we have them do it in the afternoon, we don't have to pay them 8127 time to do it. If we have them do it in the morning before they leave for work or before they leave to go serve the street, they're either doing it for free or we're paying them 8127 time. Okay, so any of these changes, as you can see on those previous slides, these changes may not decrease the percent complete, in, in especially if it's a true rural route with non-grouped delivery points, you're still going to be showing at 100%, just like on that previous slide where you could see everything set 100% all the way across. But because uh, this had a like a T or an uh, M, I think, change, we still have to go through and update that mapping for that route. So here's a little descriptor of these what these columns mean. So as I had shown you in that column, this is the date that AMS absolutely gets, you know, they, the edit book goes in, they scan it in and say, okay, it's here for processing, okay? Then this latest AMS database update, that's gonna be the day that it was available for download. So you may be, maybe let's say you send your edit book in on a Monday, AMS gets it on Tuesday. You could get it back as early as Thursday or Friday, especially if you already made those changes in Webby's yourself, which I highly recommend by the way. And that is what HQ wants you to move toward is doing everything at the, at the unit level. Um, so these dates, this latest AMS database update are always going to be like a Saturday or a Sunday. So one of the things you need to know is that just because you get your edit book back, especially if you get it back in the same week that you sent it, that data is not going to be available for download into DPM until the following week. And these column three and column four that says DPM download date and LTM completion date, neither one of these columns are going to update 
until you're 100% complete submitting LTM and you get a new route package, okay? So keep in mind that column three is not the physical download performed in DPM. It is the latest submitted version of AMS in the DPM. And it will not change until you're 100% uh, complete with the LTM. It has to be confirmed in both sections, DPM and LTM, okay? All right, go ahead and go to the next slide. Awesome. Okay, so this is kind of what I was de demonstrating here. Uh, when will I be able to download? So um, you can see my little purple stars. Um, let's say the edit book was submitted to AMS or a WebEats transaction was approved on one of these dates during the week. None of the, the those changes are gonna transfer into DPM until the following Saturday or Sunday. And then when you come in on Monday, the download should be available in DPM and you'll be able to see that by looking at, um, can you go back to that very first slide, please? Or the second slide, I should say. This one? Uh, no, the second slide. This one? Yes, this one. So here where it says you can, where I have it in the, um, nope, back one. Yeah, that one. So when you notice that the EB date here, it says February 11th, when you notice that this EB date is more recent than your DL date, then that means the new data from AMS is ready to download into the program. And then once you have that, you download it, then you have the carrier come in and perform their their update of DPM and LTM uh, in the afternoon. And honestly, once you get this to 100%, if you, if you keep up on keeping this updated once a month, it's only going to take, I mean, 15 minutes to a half an hour, depending on the changes that need to be made. So my best practice recommendation for that would be, uh, number one, have a schedule. So the carrier knows their edit books are due on, you know, for instance, I, I help out the Pasco post office a lot and they have 47 rural routes. So when you do the math on that over the month, um, there's, there's not enough days to, you know, to just be random about it. You have to give them a schedule. So if you've only got from the first to the 10th, to collect those books and get the data turned in and get it sent up to AMS and not having to do the 4,003s now is huge. <laughs> but yeah, right, woohoo, um, is that, uh, you know, schedule routes one through five on the first day of the month, routes six through 10 on the second day of the month, you know, like create a schedule so that the carrier knows what the expectation is to have their edit book turned in. And there may not be any changes and that's okay. Um, but then also create a schedule for the end of the month as well. So that when those edit books start flowing back in, the carrier also knows that they're going to be expected in the afternoon, one of those days to come in and complete this DPM and LTM update. And then if you keep doing that and you stay consistent with it and do it once a month, 
um, the changes are typically going to be minimal unless there's a lot of growth on the route. the end of that one. Okay. All right. Anybody have anything else they want to ask about? Let's see if there's anything and there's nothing in the chat. So one thing, and I just I'll bring this up because it kind of came up with, with our DSS this week and talks about doing the, the time and the PM doing your doing your LTM and your your DPM stuff in the afternoon. So when your carriers are concerned about how they're getting paid for that or not, that should be built into their evaluation in the PM yes. time. Yes, um, absolutely. But some information that came out from ours was a little erroneous. And, and I just worry that people are going to start getting some grievance activity. So if you're having to watch the videos or doing that training, it implicitly says that's 81 said it 27 time. So I would make sure oh. to do that in the morning and doing that. She was saying that she should have to do it and it builds it up. I just don't want to see grievances come out because they're entitled to the full time to do that, not averaged out over the course of the year. But Agreed. maintenance yeah. for the route is absolutely part of the, the structure of the route and it should be done in the afternoons on that PM duties time. So it's built into their, you know, and, there's a lot of chatter out there. There's a lot of very nervous people about the the new evaluations coming out. So you can help them to understand that that, that helps them in their evaluation. And it's a necessary duty. Um, I'll make my plug for red books. I'm doing core mapping, which is city, but I've just looked at some horrendous red books. So yeah. keep those red books up. I think they really make a big difference. I, I mean, again, I've been out of the game for it seems like an eternity. But there's a certain amount of time in every route for route maintenance. I mean, they're already getting paid for it. It's part of the evaluation. Right. And even more so now, because now that route maintenance is is literally part of their PM cleanup time. Like that's, right. uh, it it's went from time. I mean, there was always an allowance for it. Right. Well, and that just depended on what, you know, what during route count, what they gave you, because like, for instance, you know, it would basically the, the rule was you open your edit book, you go to where you want to make your change. And then like they timed you to make your mark. That was the that was the official way to do it. Okay. And so this they're actually getting more because this is time. yeah, they're getting actual time credit for the time that it takes them to take care of these miscellaneous duties at the end of the day, updating your case labels, doing your edit book, um, doing the mapping, um, you know, any of those things. And it's really um, the other thing let's talk about really quick too, that's kind of as a nice segue into it, uh, as Patrick was talking about uh, the, um, the difference between having people do trainings and that kind of things in the afternoon. That's actually should go under you know, if you come in this morning, why not in the mornings, give your carriers a, a, a one or two or a three minute little uh, morning huddle, you know, and then put that in recorded in RMSS as safety talk time. And if you guys don't know how to do that, um, it, it needs to be done. And this is actually kind of a really big deal. So if you'll notice in the, uh, the mini mail survey that, that we just did, one of the things that they had were able to add in for us for this last particular mini mail survey only was that you could add safety talk time in 
that you performed during the course of the mini mail survey, because that won't be in the next ones, because that time is supposed to be being entered in RMSS under the, I think it's daily Rex activity. Um, MDD daily time. That's mm -hmm. the one MDD daily time. Um, and the, the great thing about that is you only have to put it in once and it covers every single route. So you to really be distinguished want to from like the heat stress training where they have to watch yes. like a 20 minute video that should be in the morning. Right. It should be 8127 time. Absolutely. Everything else could be added in as part yeah. of the route. Yeah. 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 Any separate training, like what Patrick said, that's, you know, not something that you're doing on a daily basis would definitely be 8127 time. But we definitely want to help build the carrier's evaluations. Um, it's it's helps build their evaluations. You get to benefit from that time uh, that's going, you know, it's going to make your percent to standard look better. Um, it's also going to benefit you that if you show it by putting that time into RMSS that you gave this particular safety talk or that you gave safety talk time on any given date, and then you have to hold a carrier accountable for working unsafely, um, you know, you got proof that they were there that day and you did have that safety talk time during that day. So, you know, it's, it's a benefit to everybody involved, carriers and managers alike. So Rita, I also heard today about the reports now are going to basically not penalize for multiple scans. We'll still have to review it in Rex, but it's not going to gig you because the carrier sliding past it and beep on an extra. You know, I have not heard that. So that may be something coming that. down. So yeah, for that that may be yeah, something for sure. That will be nice because um, you know I don't know how many of you guys have been out there carrying mail, but. Uh, it is definitely not a friendly uh, scanner to work with. And so that, I mean, that's another topic I can talk about. Um, some of the things that we can do to help uh, help our carriers from making mistakes is, uh, so there's a setting. If you go to the little hamburger menu in the top right corner, the little three dot menu, you can click on that and go into sensitivity and you wanna make sure that you set the sensitivity to the scanners uh, on not glove and finger, but stylus and finger. Because when you set it on glove and finger or glove and stylus, I can't remember which one it is, but it's more sensitive that way because those screens are, are heat, they're heat touch screens. So when you set it on glove and finger, it's more sensitive to pick up that heat signature when you're wearing gloves instead of just your bare finger. So you wanna make sure and set that to stylus and finger, okay? The other thing you can do is you go into the main settings menu and you change the font size and make it 120%, make it huge. Now, I like to say this when I was doing my Rx training across the state is what is the definition of insanity? Who can tell me? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You win a prize. So we really love our smartphones, but we are not scrolling TikTok or Facebook on our scanners. So we need to stop using our fingers to scroll through the Rx menu to try and choose which hotkey scan we want. 
we need to make sure that we are using the stylus and we are choosing from the keyboard down below. That is going to be your biggest, uh, I mean, it, we, Washington scores went from, we literally, literally were the worst performers in the nation. And then as myself and Monty Hartshorn went through and we're doing all this teaching and we started showing people, you know, tell your carriers, they can't scroll on these scanners anymore. They have to use the stylus and memorize the hotkey numbers. We are now up to over 85% we're making goal. And that happened within about two or three weeks. So it does work to do it that way. And um, you can use like little, um, memorization tools i forget mnemonics i think they're called where uh like i know that number one on the scanner is clock in because that's the first thing i do when i grab my scanner and i know that number that the letter j is return to delivery unit because it means that i just got back from the route and i also know that clock out is l because i'm leaving i'm going home so if we can give our carriers these tools and our managers too to memorize what the what the little abbreviations are for those use the stylus and choose from the keyboard we're going to go a long ways towards eliminating the fat finger scans which are making are what's there that's what's killing killing the evaluations and killing the percentages so I would also mention if anybody has the little barcodes, throw them away right now. Get rid of them. Don't have them. They are not good. They're not allowed. Well, they're not allowed. They're out there, but they work. <laughs> we're they not, do work, work so they're not supposed to It's don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, we're not supposed to use. Don't tell, right? Don't anybody ask. Yeah. No. We just want to make sure we don't get somebody caught with falsification. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. And I haven't seen where, I mean, cause we came out with those barcodes, you know, we, we tested them in a couple of units uh, in, in our area and we didn't see any significant improvement in them making or not making the scans. Cause that's what the barcodes were intended for was to, uh, I guess, as a reminder for people to actually make the scans because that was what was happening as people were forgetting to make the scans. Now everybody knows they have to make the scans. They just are fat fingering or they can't remember if they made it or not. So. Yeah. All right, well, that's, I mean, that's all great information. I think we probably go another hour, but does anybody have any final questions before we let Rita go here? I do have a question. Uh, maybe you guys covered it before, but my carriers are asking me if your sub on a K route works on Saturday and they do the evaluated route in seven hours and it's a nine hour route, is that going to affect them in their evaluation eventually? Is it going to affect their pay? No, it will not. And I'll tell you why. Because the, the majority of the route evaluation in that particular instance is driven by the volume so it doesn't matter i mean that's what the whole the great benefit of the evaluation system is is that it doesn't matter how long it takes you you're going to get paid the same amount of money unless you go over 12 or 56 in a week uh 12 hours in a day 56 in a week so the sub can you know can knock it out of the park and deliver it in five hours where it takes the regular 
you know, nine, and then that's not going to change the evaluation. What will affect the evaluation is uh, going to be your load time, just like it would during during the old legacy count, uh, because that's actual time credit towards the base evaluation. And the other part of it is going to be your cleanup time. So for those of you who have carriers that take your DPS uh, that case the DPS in the office and they're getting rid of all their, uh, you know, unable to forwards, their kills, their forwards, their, you know, their 3M, you know, if they're getting rid of all of that because they're casing their DPS in the morning before they go to the street, then they're cheating themselves of time in the afternoon. So it's fine if they case the DPS, but they should be leaving that mail for the afternoon cleanup because. If they do it during the morning, they're doing it for free. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. So everybody, can everybody see the scanner on the screen now? Yes. Okay, so a couple of people were talking about using the buttons on the side and you're talking about using this down here rather than, yes. rather than hit, and using the stylus here. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you can use those buttons, but you have to be really careful with it because the left-hand buttons do work to talk, or sorry, the right side buttons do work to toggle uh, through that menu. But if you are holding that with your left hand and you squeeze the sides, the that black button on the left side is an enter button. Okay. So if you have not, you're not on the correct selection and you accidentally hit that black button on the left side with your thumb, then you're making a bad entry. And the other, there's a sleep button. You can just hit this and it'll go to sleep. So you're not fat fingered yep. something by mistake, right? right. Okay. Yep, that's correct. All right. All great information. Well, thank you and very much, do, Like, let's say the carrier has to change the battery or they have to take the battery out to reset the scanner for whatever reason, that information doesn't get lost. It's all still in there Buffered. because it transmits almost immediately. Okay. All right. Well, Rita, that was that was great, Patrick. Thanks for filling in the gaps. Um, thanks everybody for getting on. I got a. I apologize for being late. No, I, no, I no, tried. No <laughs> next, here's what we're gonna do next time. You're gonna send the Zoom invite, and we're all gonna get on your Zoom, and then you can do it from your computer. Sir, I'm happy to. Right. So I think we're gonna do this again. Maybe not next month, but I think we'll come back and do this again now as we're all gonna take all this information and share it with all our friends and everybody's going to be getting better at it. And then we'll come back with, 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 uh, you know, what the new thing is that's changed that they, uh, that they made rural routes, which used to be the easiest thing to manage into these months. Right. So um, uh, maybe next month might, a good, yeah. uh, a next good month topic might be but a couple months from now, maybe we'll come back yeah. and. Yeah. Maybe the 4,003s, like just, you yeah. know, how to do a 4,003 yeah. properly, Absolutely. because I know that's something that can be tricky. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. So unless there's anything else, guys, I'm going to let everybody go. Um, I do want to go back real quick and and let uh, um, and show you this. You guys saw this earlier. If you want to scan this, it's, it's best you guys can see the QR code on the screen. Can you? Yes. Yeah. So that QR code will take you to a sign up for FESA. Um, if you want them to have a look at your benefits, um, they're gracious enough to fund this this training um, and and 
keep me in the uh, in the style to which I'd like to become accustomed. Um, so we're grateful for their support here. Um, they make this possible. Um, so and, and it's a good service. It's a um, you know it's always good to have another set of eyes looking at your benefits. So uh, take a screenshot of that or scan it with your with your your phone now and, uh, and go to the QR code. So unless there's anything else, Nicole, did you want to did you want to close it out or you just uh, are you good with where we are? We lost Nicole. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to close it out, guys. I'm going to say thanks again. Thanks, Rita. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Carrie, for putting it on. And uh, we'll see everybody now. It's the third, the third Thursday. We'll have a we'll have another training. I'll send out another another email and have you register for another event. So um, everybody have a good night and uh, you know, yay spring and go Cubs. Hey, one thing, Evan. Yes. Uh, Jason Spera, check my message. Give me a call tomorrow. There you go. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody.